A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. The first six episodes are available now. Stream each new episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like The After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download The Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 69, nice, of the Fantrax Toolshed with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. This is our third Dynasty Debate. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have a really fun debate today, but first, let's bring on my awesome co-host, Mr. Chris Clegg. Chris, how are you uh, handling the lockout so far, buddy? Uh, just what <laughs> same thing I'd be doing in December anyway <laughs> for fantasy baseball, just grinding on content and studying and researching. You know, sometimes this feels like a, a, I'd put in more work to this than my full-time job. Like, it's kind of crazy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But, uh, I, I hope my boss isn't listening at my day job. <laughs> <laughs> I work hard at my day job, too, boss. Same. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah same. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's more time more time than ever this year. Honestly, the this time of year is busier than in-season. So much to do. And I know you're doing Black Book editing, which adds to it. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I think I did seven articles last week between fan tracks and uh, the Patreon three podcast, I think. And we're doing four, five podcasts this week, which is, which is awesome. So yeah, here we are. Yeah. I, I didn't put out as much uh, the last week or so as I usually do, uh, even though we had a bunch of podcasts, but yeah, uh, this like the last week of his black book stuff is all like coming to a head right now. It's going to be out on December 15th and I'm, I'm the editor of the book. So in addition to writing out the top 100 prospects, uh, which was about was a eighteen thousand words or whatever it was. Mm. Uh, I'm also editing everybody's stuff, and there's a lot of a lot of good stuff in there. It's all great stuff. A lot of a lot of very knowledgeable people, but yeah, it takes up a bit of time. So this week is always kind of down for me in terms of other content, but I'll ramp back up. We should be done with this in the next uh, couple of days. Actually, when you hear this, which is probably gonna be on, I think Wednesday. This is currently mm-hmm. Sunday. We're we're recording this. Uh, I think I'll have to be done with Black Book stuff by then. So be definitely ramping back up, and I'll have my top prospect rankings updated later this week probably thursday or friday so be on the lookout for that chris just put his top of 400 obp prospect rankings out last week go check those out and we'll have our updated dynasty rankings out within the next couple of weeks as well so be on the lookout for those too a lot of good a lot of rankings going out right now and definitely a lot of work like chris said since we do prospect and dynasty stuff as well there's never a downtime for us but it's all fun, and we have another fun debate today, like like I mentioned. But before we get into the show, the usual housekeeping, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Cross 4 Chris is at Roto Clay, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra content from both of us. And, of course, check out all the other great written and audio work we have on the Fantrax HQ network, including our other podcasts, SB Streamer, 
fantasy hockey life, fantasy football addicts, define fantasy football, and fantasy football POV. Let's get right into it, though. We uh, got a nice prospect debate here. We've had a couple, I think both of our first two have been on the hitting side of things. So we'll go over the pitching side with these next couple of debates here. And like I said, in the prospect rankings, we're, we're going to be debating who is the number one pitching prospect in baseball right now. Uh, a lot of different, you know, this uh, several different, you know, number one guys, depending on where you look. I think the consensus is usually either G-Rod or Baz, but we're going to debate those two. Plus, we'll throw in a little Max Meyer and George Kirby talk. Uh, so let's get right into it here. We actually, we have a different number one overall, both of us, but it's almost nitpicking. It's like 1A and 1B situation. Chris has Boz, what, what, two spots ahead of G-Rod or something like yep. that? Yep. Yeah. And me, vice versa. I have G-Rod one, Baz two spots behind. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Boz first. What what makes him the number one pitching prospect in baseball for you, Chris? Well, I think the proximity is obviously a major factor, and that's something I started factoring a little more into my prospect rankings for fantasy purposes because that really does matter, the proximity factor. And we know that Boz came up last year and pitched 13 innings, looked really good. You know, he's going to start in the rotation. That obviously matters too because you're getting instant production with Boz. Personally, I think G-Rod's a more talented pitcher, but with what you're going to get right now for fantasy, like that's what leads me to put Boz just over him. And, you know, it's nitpicking. You just look at what he did last year. He made major, major strides with his command control, which was a pleasant surprise after what we had seen in the past. I mean, he had struggled mightily to throw strikes and walked a lot of batters. And yeah, he, he, he made major progression there. We saw what he did. Began the year in AAA, walked just 1.7% of batters. That was just 32 innings. Jumped forward to AAA through 46 innings there and walked 6.2% of batters. Had a near 30% K minus BB rate. And then the majors, 13 innings, just walked 6.1%. So very consistent there and had over a 30% K minus BB rate, which is highly, highly impressive. Boz fastball is elite. The slider's very good pitch. The changeup's a very good pitch. And the command has come along, which I think really, really matters here. I mean, the progression was very impressive to see with what he did. I think the biggest question mark is the innings, like what kind of innings will he throw? And, you know, in 2022, I'm not expecting more than like 120, but, you know, long-term, like, what does he build up to and, and what do the Rays do with him? Like, is he a type of guy that the Rays hold for like 140 max? And it's possible because the Rays do that kind of thing. But with everything that he's done, the progression that he's made, he's just been so impressive that, yeah, I mean, honestly, G-Rod may have been more impressive and from an overall standpoint last year, but... The proximity for Boz just puts him barely over for me, but it's nitpicking, like I said. Yeah, this is definitely nitpicking, as we both said. I love Shane Boz as well. Like I said, he's in my top 20 overall, and I agree with a lot of what Chris just said there. And I do. That's one of the things I was going to mention was the innings. And I'm trying to pull it up right now. Uh, I, it's like The Rays just don't let their pitchers go deep, as we know. Like I'm looking back over the last uh, 10 years – yeah, you know, they don't have a lot of like high innings guys. It's been a while. Like back in the day, you know, James Shields, David Price, Archer with a lot of innings. Um, but over the last few years, Morton had 194 and two thirds in 2019. But that that and then Blake Snow at 180.2 in 2018 are really the only two over the last five years. You know, since you know the Prices and Shields and Garza's left 
uh, town that have had over 180. It's like you don't see many guys in that range anymore for them. Uh, they, they do more of like the, you know, play them at the openers and go to the bullpen quicker. Don't really let their starters go third time through, which is, uh, really annoys me, uh, especially when there's as talented as Shane Boz is and like Shane McClanahan as well. I think this, the two Shanes are very, very dynamic duo there. Uh, I love Shane Boz. Definitely made great improvements this year. Seeing the command and control department, that was really the one thing holding him back. There's also been, you know, some injuries there, which I'm a little concerned about. I think G-Rod is going to be more durable. That's really it for me. Like, I think on like a per inning basis, these two guys are going to be pretty damn close, right? They're going to both have good ratios, low walk rates, high strikeout rates, elite strikeout rates, elite ratios. Like, these are both guys I believe could be fantasy aces one day. They they have that potential. You know, G-Rod, I got to see live when I went down to uh, Pennsylvania back in August, saw him in Redding, uh, absolutely was dominant. He has four pitches that are all above average. Like his worst pitch, uh, I, I think his worst pitch is probably his curve, and that's even above average. Like he's just such a dynamic arm, elite fastball, slider, changeup. I think those three are all plus at least. Uh, I think fastball could border on on seventy grade, you know, above average command and control as well. That's just everything you want. Like this year, dominated in between high A and double A, twenty three starts, two thirty six ERA. 0.83 uh, whip and had 161 Ks and 103 innings for a 40.5% strikeout rate and only walked 6.8% of the batters he faced. So a little higher walk rate than uh, than Boz had, but definitely above average in both the command and control department to back up his enticing and elite arsenal of dynamic offerings. So, uh, I think there's just, you know, a little bit more innings there. a um, little less worried about injury risk. I'm not like really concerned with injuries with Boz, but I think maybe a little more than I am with, with Jira. I think he's going to be a more durable arm. He's, he looks like he's built more for a guy that could throw 180 innings, which I think is 100. Is 180 the new 200 now? It probably is. Yeah. Or maybe 170 is the new 200. But uh, I think Baltimore will, will let him go a little deeper than the Rays will with Boz. So, it's just though, like I said, we're nitpicking here, but that's those are the reasons why uh, I rank G Rod a couple of spots ahead of Boz. Well, let's get into a couple of the other arms here. Uh, I'll, I'll, you you're you're a bit higher on Max Meyer than me, and you have him actually a, a bit closer uh, to this range. Like th- these two are the top. This is the top tier for me. It's almost like the pitching equivalent of the top tier of of uh, J Rod and Bobby Witt. There's a little bit of drop off. Same here for me. There's a bit of a drop off to uh, the next tier of pitchers for me. You have Meyer a bit closer. Why is that? Yeah, I've got Meyer one spot behind G-Rod. So literally oh, it goes just one spot. One I spot. It was that close. <laughs> yeah, it's one spot. So the, the my overall goes Boz, Francisco Alvarez, G-Rod, Meyer from okay. 18 to 21. So yeah, they're they're all right here. And it's like 1A, 1B, 1C. Max Meyer, you know, it's funny because you go back to the draft last year. And honestly, I was higher on Hancock and Lacey, like on draft day, I hadn't watched enough of Max Meyer. And I went back and watched starts and like, you know, watching him just make Adley Rutschman look silly. Like that, that was funny to watch like over and over in the college world series was pretty impressive there. I mean, how good he looked and, you know, over 148 college innings, he had a 2.13 ERA. His strikeout rate was 31.4%, just a 6.9% walk rate. 
Very, very good there. And I think it's really telling that what exactly Miami did with him last year. I mean, they started him in double A. He didn't yeah. start in low A. He didn't start in rookie ball. He didn't start in high A. He started in double A. And he dominated. He was very, very good in double A. 101 innings there. Had two four one ERA. Struck out 113 batters. Yeah, he walked a few more batters than you'd like to see. But I do think that comes around. I think that I think there's factors that can cause you to take small steps back with command when you're facing pro pitching for the first time. And I do think that that happened. And they even bumped him to AAA at the end of the year. He got 10 innings, and he just was dominant there. He struck out 17 hitters in 10 innings, had a .9 ERA, a 0.9 ERA. Yes, it was that good. So Meyer's another one where I just think he keeps getting better and better and better. And I don't think we've seen him at his best. And I think that the biggest holdup with him is the two pitches. And we know the fastball's elite. We know the slider's elite. So the biggest question mark comes in like with a changeup. And I do think that's developing. I do think that he's coming around on that pitch. And I think that's going to be the biggest hinge on him. I think Max Meyer's changeup will be the determining factor of how good of a starting pitcher he is at the next level. He can get away with that with that at the lower levels of minors, even double-A, triple-A. get away with, with two pitches. But he's going to have to develop that at the pro level to be an effective starter. I think he can do it. I think he's made strides with it. And I just see that coming along and him being an elite arm. And so, yeah, I do value G-Rod above him, but it's really stinking close for me. Yeah, you know, I, I'm very high on Meyer as well. Obviously not as high as Chris. I do have him as my number four pitching prospect with George Kirby being my number three. And these guys are like, – Kirby and, and Meyer like in the tier by themselves is my number two. I guess Cavalli is somewhat in the general vicinity of that tier. Uh, but really, you know, it's it's those two. And, yeah, Myers. it's almost like, you know, I'm not making a direct comp to Shane Boz, but it's kind of like remember when Boz was primarily fastball slider and you're like, all right, how does the rest – of the arsenal come along and then it came along yeah. uh, along with the command and control it's the same thing with obviously Myers is a different spot right now with this command and control he's obviously better right now with command and control than boz was a year year and a half ago but that same kind of question like all right the fastball is elite the slider is filthy you know but you know the changeup has shown and like with boz he showed like he flashed you know above average at you know in other pitches besides his fastball slider but and same thing with Myers changeup like he, when he's on with it it's a pretty good pitch like some fade some tumble uh some velocity separation as well it's a good pitch but uh yeah so i think if that comes along he's definitely be a very very good arm and you know with miami obviously very very good org yeah for pitching development right now you what can, org get... sorry what org develops change-ups the best i think miami, miami does yeah. yeah look at all the arms that they develop those change-ups so I'll, that's that's a huge contra all contra good change-up yeah, I know. I know they didn't get Sixto till later, but Sixto, good change yep. up. Pablo Lopez, good change up. Uh, who am I forgetting here? Um, oh, there's probably know. more, but th- those yeah. are obviously the big thing. But yeah, there's a lot of good change ups in this org, so yeah, it definitely gives me a little bit more confidence that they'll be able to get the best change up they can. I would maybe it won't be a, a plus or better offering, but at least a solid maybe to above average third pitch to at least get, just have an, another weapon, especially a weapon against left-handed batters yeah. that he can use. So definitely help. And, that, and the better the changeup, 
the you know the better of the fastball slider can be because it keeps hitters honest, keeps hitters off of the fastball slider a bit more. They don't, they can't just sit like all right, I can I got to focus on these two. They got to focus on that third with that changeup. So yeah, yeah, definitely definitely love Max Meyer. Um, I, but I do like George Kirby a bit more. Um, I know I think for the most part Meyer's probably ranked a little higher than Kirby on most rankings, but you know, Kirby, I love the command and control of Kirby. He's one of the top command and control guys in the minor leagues. Like so far he's pitched 90 and two thirds innings, 15 walks and 363 batters faced. That is a 4.1% walker rate. And it's not like he's just a guy that puts the ball over the plate and, you know, puts the ball in play, lets them make contact. Now he can miss bats as well. He has 80 strikeouts in 67 and two thirds innings. Uh, which is a 29.2% K rate. I think that could even take up. I think he could be right around a 30% K rate guy. Now uh, the fastball has been reported as hitting triple digits and he's got, you know, a pretty solid set of secondaries as well. Curveball, slider, changeup, all pretty good. Uh, the, I think the curve, I like the curveball and the changeup the most, but the slider is really good too. It's like, you can't really go wrong there. I think they're, maybe they're not all plus, but I think the fastball was plus, and I think all three secondaries just could be above average. That maybe even have a bit more effectiveness just because of that command and control being so damn good. This is a, I think, a 60, you know, I, maybe not, I don't know, maybe 70. If I use 65, I would say 65 for both of these, but at least plus on both. You know, he gets ground balls at a solid clip as well. Um, let's see, 2021 in high A, 58.6% ground ball rate. 48.6% ground ball rate in double A. Fly ball rate was around like 25 to 27%. So gets ground balls, can locate, can miss bats with four pitches. Great fastball. There's a lot to the like here. And he's not too far away either. He got up to double A. Maybe he's up later this year. He only had six starts in double A. I don't know. Maybe they started him there. Maybe it's triple A. I'm not sure. Uh, but he's a guy that, especially if Seattle is once again in playoff contention, I could see them bringing him up second half of the year because even with the addition of Robbie Ray, the rotation is still, you know, the back end of it is still kind of shaky with a lot of question marks. So I could definitely see uh, George Kirby playing his way into a, a role, whether it's starting, if they bring him out of the pen end of the year for the playoff push, we'll see. But, you know, love George Kirby, 253 ERA this past year and a 108 whip to go along with that strikeout rate and a walk rate that I mentioned earlier. So, He's my number three. Again, I don't have either of these two near them, but definitely at least in the discussion, which is why we're discussing them here. Yeah. Uh, before we end this, though, let's get add a couple other elements, a couple other wrinkles to this debate here. Chris, who are let's let's each list three guys that we think that aren't in this discussion now, but could be within the next year, and we can we can overlap if we have the same same guys here. So be it. So, but who are three yeah. that come to your mind? I'm afraid that we're we're gonna overlap because I bet you at least one, minimum yeah. of one. Yeah. All right. So first one that I'm going with is Hunter Green, who I think that he's up this year, and I think he's pitches well because I mean, who else are they gonna trot out there? The Reds are trading away everybody, and they're talking about trading Castillo. I've seen him talk about trading Molly, about Gray. Yeah, Green's gonna get a shot. I think he's ready to go, and. Dude, he can get 104 miles an hour, and he's got a well-rounded arsenal, actually, all things considered, and pretty good command. So Green can make that jump. I 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, and I think this is who you're going to say is Daniel Espino. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if he is the top pitching prospect in baseball at some point next year, because, you know, when these other guys graduate off, like when we see Boz graduate off and maybe Meyer and G-Rod graduate this year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Espino jumps in there and, and does that. He's extremely talented. Uh, do two, and I'm gonna find a really deep one. Let's go and let's find a deep one. Or you can okay. do, give yours. All right, yeah. So Espino is one. I think nobody should be surprised by that. If you know me, I am super high on Espino. I already have him in my top fifty right now. It, yeah, just the stuff is is filthy. Plus or better fat, maybe even double plus fastball. Get really, I think could have two plus breaking balls. Both the curve and the slider. I shown a really good feel for spinning those. Change up is pretty damn good as well. And the you know community control is still coming along, but it's he's making strides there. So, yeah, and he's in Cleveland. So it's <laughs> it's not like he's in the Angels or something like that. He's in Cleveland, the Guardians now. Uh, so definitely feel great about that. So yeah, definitely think he could be in the discussion very very quickly. Uh, next one, Yuri Perez, uh, one of the biggest breakouts this past year. Six eight, really plus fastball, really good changeup, curve. Flashes above average when he's commanding it. Uh, so I definitely think he could, you know, with some more development, he could be there as well. Still only 18, or maybe he just turned 19. Uh, no, I think he turned 18 in April, if I recall. Yeah. So it was right, yeah, right before the minor league season started. So he's still only 18 right now, which is crazy. Uh, so I definitely think he could be in the discussion pretty soon. And then the third, I'm still fully on the McAbel train. Uh, I see a lot of Steven Strasburg in there. Hopefully, that doesn't mean the injuries as well, uh, but I think he could be just an absolute work, no, not a workhorse, but absolute stud, you know, with the the fastball, three good secondaries, and they could all be above average as well. So Mick Abel is my third. Do you find you find a third one yet, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I was going to try to find a super deep one, but um, I'm actually going to go with Quinn Priester. Uh, there you go. Good one. Priester's, Priester's pretty impressive. He's working on adding some pit, a new pitch, and he did later in the year. And so I – he he had a really good fastball and curve, and you know if he refines that changeup, then I wouldn't be surprised if he really takes the next step, which I think is is definitely more than capable. So yeah, I'm a fan of Priester. You know what I saw earlier? I had Quinn. Uh, I was also working on a black book stuff too. Uh, when I had Quinn Priester's uh, Fangraphs page looking up, I was looking at some of his you know ground ball rates and whatnot. Mm-hmm. One thing, and you know, you know how on Fangraphs for the prospects they have their their you know, current and future value grades at the top yeah. of the page. Yeah. They had a, a current for, for his curveball. It was current value 70, future 80. Whew. Does any that other is, pitcher have an 80 grade future pitch? I, I don't know. Maybe on the fastball, but that, that's hard to do on, you know, secondaries. But yeah, yeah that curveball is nasty. But it, yeah, I saw that. I was like, wow, like they're a really pretty, high. Yeah, it's a distinctive 12-6. And I think he's, he's working on that slider. And, you know, he, he started working on the slider like, around the all-star break time. And I saw him after that and it was really good. So he, he flashed it a couple times. So yeah. I, okay. Braylon Marquez is a future 80 fastball. I don't see any other. Tanaj Thomas has a future 80 fastball. Um, I don't see any future 80 secondaries. Well, that's pretty dang impressive. Yeah. That, that, that's that's kind of, I didn't mention that. that caught my eye earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely a filthy curveball. Love watching. I, I, I love the 12, six curves. I, I something about that. Like I remember the, the one that really I used to love uh, Chris Carpenter's curve. I used to yeah. love his curveball. Uh, that was, a, that was a beast. Obviously Kerry Woods curveball was a beast, 
Bobby Jenks. Oh, I love oh. Bobby Jenks. <laughs> what a <laughs> big name. old Bobby Jenks. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that looks like a name you see from like the 1920s, like Bobby <laughs> Jenks. Yeah. Uh, I, I love his, him. he had a hammer of a curve as well. Uh, I appreciate a good, you know, a good hammer curve ball for sure. Uh, let's go like let's, let's quickly throw, we don't go deep into this, but one dark horse, uh, that guy that like you would never think would be in that discussion, but just could be. Uh, I guess that for me, I'll stick in Cleveland. I'll go Peyton Battenfield. I moved him recently into my top 100. You know, he's got a nice four pitch mix the fastball, curveball, cutter, and changeup. I don't know if any are like plus, but I think they all could be, you know, solid about average to have average offerings. The command and control is there as well. Uh, he's just really excelling over the last year or so. Had a great 2021 in Cleveland org. I think he could be a guy that that could really surprise and get up there, possibly. Uh, do you have anybody in mind for that? Oh, man. I was just scrolling through the list. Uh, the one that stood out to me was Matt Brash. I do think that he probably graduates off the list before next year, but he was an impressive breakout this year, and I think that he's pretty legit. Like I, Dude, I'm a big big fan of him. Th- that slaughter makes me feel things. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's talented. Very, very talented. So yeah. Brash would be my pick. Seattle has a chance to have a really good, if everything breaks right, you know, with the addition of Robbie Ray, uh, they could have, I think I, I tweeted about this, Robbie Ray, and then bring up the trio of Kirby, Hancock, who I'm so pretty high on as well. I know others have gone a little bit lower on him. Kirby, Hancock, Brash, and then, you know, I think they have Mark Gonzalez still under contract for a few. So he could be their five yeah. with those three young guys in the middle and then Ray leading that staff. That could be a pretty good staff for yeah. the next, you know, half decade or so, or even longer with these young guys. So, um, yeah, definitely very good staff there. Um, that's going to wrap us up here in this number one pitching prospect debate. We hope you all enjoyed it. We'll do another one of these later in the week as well, probably on Friday. And then thank you to everyone again for listening. We hope you enjoyed this. You can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at RotoClegg. I'm at EricCross04. And our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. And check out all of our written work over at FantraxHQ.com or, of course, on our Patreon as well. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, Everyone take care.